It's December 6th, and this is Rookie Designer number 91. I'm going to have a little different uh, feel, a little different format this week. Uh, I've kind of been running low on time, if you haven't noticed, and I apologize for missing actually the last time we were supposed to have this podcast. But things get a little busy. Things around the holidays always seem to be a little bit busier, and uh, I'm not going to sit here and make a bunch of excuses, but there's a lot going on. Um, this podcast isn't about my life, so I won't bore you with the details, but basically, Lots of jobs coming in. Uh, I'm about to move to a new place and well, everything just seems to be happening at once. So we are going to kind of fly by the seat of your pants today or my pants or our pants and just talk about a couple of topics. I'm not going to put all the frills, all the uh, sound effects and music and every, everything else in the podcast this time, just simply because I don't have time to do it. But I wanted to put something out there because... Uh, you know, I know some of you guys wait on it and you're probably disappointed when it's not there. So, uh, episode 91 is going to be a couple of topics that I wanted to talk about. One of them comes from the forum and the, the topic on that, it says, when are you a professional? And we're going to talk about this because somebody put up something saying, you know, what, what makes people think that they're a professional designer? What gets you to that point where you can say that you're a professional? Do you have to go through a certain amount of schooling? Do you have to have a certain amount of knowledge? what is it that makes you a professional? So I wanted to talk about that because I thought that was kind of an interesting subject and it's something that I'm sure you'll run into. You probably already know people that call themselves professionals and maybe you think that they shouldn't, but uh, we're going to talk a bit about that. The The second one was I had a meeting with a client just the other day and I wanted to talk about that because it was just kind of an awkward thing. It was It was a situation where it really needed to be steered in a direction and the client wasn't going to be the one to do that. So I want to talk about different things that you might want to think about if you're going to, you know, a face-to-face -face meeting with a client, things to be ready for, things to think about maybe doing when you get in that meeting, if they don't know, you know, the first thing about what they want to do or how to do it, you need to be able to implement plans for them and uh, help them along the way. That is part of your job as the designer. So those are the two things I wanted to talk about today. We hit a couple news topics first. Um, first of all, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I apologize again for missing that last, uh, the last episode that was supposed to be out last month. And, uh, I, I really appreciate your patience with me because sometimes things get a little rough. So, um, thank you for listening and subscribing and, and keep tuning in. And, uh, I'm, I'm going to get back on track one of these days and, and we'll get back in the regular flow of things. Um, not that we missed a whole bunch of them, but, uh, you know, I'm always disappointed if I can't put them out regularly, like I usually do on the right day and that kind of thing, the right time. So thanks for sticking with me. Uh, the couple programs that we have, the UShare program, if you have something that you want discussed on this show, a couple things you can do if you have recording capabilities and you can make me a, a WAV file or an AIF or a, even an MP3, go ahead and do that. Record something and send it to me and we'll play it on the show and, and have a discussion about whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, you can share some of your knowledge with the audience or maybe you could bring up a topic and, and I can talk more about it. Um, if you don't have recording capabilities, no problem. Just send me an email. Put something on the forum. As you see, I pick things off the forum every once in a while when I think they're interesting and, and worth talking about. Or you can just uh, send it send it any way you can, you know, send it in a, a Word doc or an InDesign doc or whatever you got. Send it to me that way and, and we'll get it on the show. The second program is the Telefriend program. And this is an, an oldie but a goodie. But I just ask you to share this program with anybody you think that will it will benefit. 
any designers, definitely new designers, people in school, maybe uh, coworkers that you work with that do design, anybody that you think might like it, tell them where it is, how to find it, how to subscribe. And I would really appreciate that because that's how this show grows. We don't have the, the fundage to be able to advertise and stuff like that. So I really count on you guys for that. And a lot of you have done a lot of that for me. Really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. Update on the contest. The contest is the entries are over now. We are in. We are on uh, December 6th, and I stopped taking entries December 1st, so no more entries. I, if you still want to fill out that feedback form, I definitely would love to accept it, but you're not going to be entered in this contest, so just so you know that. Um, as far as awarding prizes, I got hundreds of responses for this contest. I, I put it both on this podcast and on App Clinic. Uh, if you watch that one, you probably saw that as well. So I have hundreds to go through. And it's so great. I, I totally did not anticipate that many people sending me feedback about the show. So it's awesome. And thank you all for doing so. Because of that, though, it's probably going to take me a while to get through all that stuff and uh, award the winners. So I'm thinking, and it being holiday season, at least here, it's probably not going to be until January, maybe, maybe mid-January, maybe late January, to where I'm awarding those prizes and starting to send them out. Things are just super crazy here with Christmas coming up and all that kind of stuff. And I don't want to get caught in something where I'm trying to send something to somebody. And it's going to take like three weeks because it's like holiday season. So when I get through those, I'll keep you updated on, on the progress of that as we go forward in the podcast, but probably sometime in January, I'm going to be awarding those prizes. So somebody's going to get that great Wacom tablet. I got a bunch of books and some DVDs. Those, those will be start going out to people. And if I actually get some more books in the meantime, then those will become prizes as well. So you can only benefit from having to wait a little bit, but I want to let you guys know that it's not going to happen right away. I think that's about all the news, except for the fact that this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting is a great way to save everybody money on your meetings. And you don't just have to use the phone. You know, people don't have to come to you to be able to see what you're doing. They log in through a browser. They see what's going on on your desktop live. And you can talk to them and you can show them things that maybe you've done comps for them and get some feedback from them right away, all live. And you only pay once. You pay one fee and you get to meet as many times as you want. It's not a paper meeting or pay per hour type of thing. You pay a flat fee and you get to meet as much as you can. So if you want to try this out, you can try it for free. It is free for 30 days and you just need to go to this URL. It is gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And you'll be able to download that and use it for free for, for 30 days. It's very cool software, so check it out. All right, so I wanted to start off with this first topic, this thing from the forum, because I thought it was interesting. And again, it was it's titled "When are you When are you a professional?" And I wanted to read the I want to read the first entry. I might read a little bit of some other comments that are on this one. Um, but the the one that got the ball rolling, it says, "I got a buddy who bought a very nice DSLR camera about six months ago and has been taking pictures of sports teams and seniors. He has pirate He has a pirated version of CS3 to do his edits on." I'll say his pictures look pretty good, but to the train eye would surely see some flaws. Now he is taking now he's taking out an ad in the local paper and had some business cards printed offering professional photography. He has no formal training in photography, and I have been showing him where to find resources on how to use Photoshop. It's really starting to bother me because I'm in school learning design and working hard to earn some credibility when I'm able to call myself a professional. 
So my question is, what qualifies you as a professional? This is a very, very interesting situation, which, like I said, probably most of us have seen. I mean, you see people that, that go out there, they maybe just spent you know a couple months in their room learning Photoshop or something, and now they're ready to go out and, and do professional design. And you know anybody that does that, first of all, is just kidding themselves that that, that qualifies them to, to be a professional, but that doesn't mean that they're not one. Basically what I said, I have a little post on this as well. And I said, well, if somebody can make something that some consumer or client is going to pay for and they pay for it, then that person is now a professional. Whether you like it or not, whether they have training or not, whether they're good or not, they're a professional because they were, they were able to sell their services. Now, there's lots of different ways to describe what a professional is and a couple other people said this and I definitely agreed with it. I don't think, in my opinion, you can't call yourself a professional if you're using pirated software. If you can't even take the time to go out and buy your own software, because if you use pirated, it's illegal, highly illegal if you're charging people money and doing doing the work using pirated software. I mean, that's just not right. So in my mind, you can't, that's not acting professionally. And that's another whole nother facet of professionalism is acting like a professional, acting like you've been there before, like you know what you're doing. And, you know, the software thing is one thing, but also knowing how to meet with clients and, and talk with clients. And this can actually go into the next topic that we're going to talk about, but being able to steer them in directions and help them solve their problems. That's what we're here for, to solve design problems. So if you can't do that stuff, again, I don't think you're a professional, but you know, on the other hand, there are those people out there and maybe they just have natural talent for art. You know, maybe they don't know that much about design principles and the way things that should be done and they don't have a business sense and they can't talk to customers, but maybe they're just very skilled artists and they can get by that way. Or maybe they're not skilled artists and they get by on the, the very little amount of skill that they have. And that happens all the time. I think we can kind of relate this to, to um, what we talked about earlier, which was what makes good design. I mean, both of these things are kind of subjective. I have my idea of what makes a professional. I also have my idea of what makes good design. And a lot of people think good design, myself included, needs to look good. It definitely needs to serve a purpose and represent what it's trying to convey. But sometimes it can be very ugly, but get the job done and still be considered good design. And I think in the same way, if you look at it in a literal sense, you know, your, your pizza flyer, which is just littered with all kinds of information and is terrible, terrible design. If it gets people to call in and order pizzas, then it served its purpose. The same thing with a, a so-called professional, if they have enough skills to get by and actually sell their services and get clients to come to them, they're a professional. There's really no arguing that. They're a professional designer if they can sell their services. So if you're looking at it in the complete literal sense, then yeah, it's, I would totally agree with that. Uh, let me read. This is from the same person that started the topic. I'll, I'll read what they, they put a, another little entry in here. It says, here's another example of why my friend's business practices bother me. Today, I received a phone call from my buddy asking me what a GIF file is. After I explained what it is, he told me he found some free Christmas GIFs that he was planning on using as borders and graphics 
for some Christmas photos he was selling to a client. I try to tell him that usually these things are free. The, the things that are free are of personal use only and not there to make somebody else a profit. I'm partly involved in another business venture with this person. And now that I see some of his ethics, it's making me a little nervous. Perhaps I'm just being overly critical or bitching too much, but something just isn't sitting right with me. And this again, I think plays into what's your idea of a professional is again, for me, ethics is absolutely part of being a professional. It's part of that professionalism thing or acting like a professional. And, you know, we did a whole podcast on ethics and how you're supposed to act and what kind of things go on when you don't do it. You know, you're taking advantage of people. We, we talked about fonts and not stealing fonts because fonts are something that I think people kind of just take for granted. You don't think, you don't think about the fact that somebody sit sat down and took like hours and hours and hours to make these fonts, to make them the way that they look, to make them perfect. And here you are just ripping it off because it's easy because you don't have to put some serial number in there or something. So these types of things, and, and absolutely. And we've talked about this before also with uh, copywriting and uh, copyright infringements and that kind of thing. And that's definitely something, I mean, you don't just go up to websites and find free things and use them in your work that you're selling to somebody else. If you're making money on something that somebody else made, then for sure they're going to want part of those profits. So these are all just things and I don't think these are things that you necessarily maybe learn in school. I would hope that it's common sense to most people, but obviously it's not because there are lots of people out there who just, you know, maybe they'll just grab some images off of uh, Google or something like that and use it in one of their projects. So uh, you see that kind of stuff all the time. So some people definitely aren't thinking about it, but it's, it's just something that, I don't know, if you, if you are, have that professional attitude and, and you you really are a true professional in, in my mind, then you would know these things. You would know that it's not right to take somebody else's work and basically claim it as your own. And if you are passionate about design, you like doing design, most likely you wouldn't be taking someone else's work and putting it in yours. You'd want it to be coming from you so that you know you can stand behind it and say, yes, I made this and I think it looks good and I think it's good design. If you're taking pieces of other people's stuff and just kind of throwing it in there, then all you're trying to do is make money. And I think that's probably one of the biggest problems with people like this. And I don't want to just kind of stereotype a bunch of people or even this person that, that the, uh, the poster was talking about, because I know, you know, all I know is what they're saying right here. So I don't want to lump people in or anything like that, but there are people out there that basically all they want to do is make money. And they're going to do whatever they need to do to get that done, whether it be taking someone else's work, whether it be, uh, you know, using pirated software so that they don't have to pay for it and they can make a buck quicker. I mean, to get things done the right way, I think gives you a certain satisfaction at the end of the day. Some people obviously just don't need that. Uh, I myself absolutely had to buy. I bought, I ran up a nice credit card to start my business and I'm still paying on that and I will be for a long time. But you know, I have the satisfaction of knowing that this stuff is mine. Everything that comes from this company that I made is from me and it's totally legit. And I don't have to worry about anything like that, especially worrying about things like it's illegal not to own that stuff. And sure, if you're some small entity, you're probably not going to get caught. But if you do, then you're going to be paying probably as much or more than you would have spent on the system. It doesn't take much, you know, to get a computer and a couple of programs to, to be able to run your own business. 
And once you get those initial costs out of the way, you're really not spending that much money. So um, I really implore anybody that wants to start their own business, definitely do it the right way. Go out and get your own stuff. Make sure it's all licensed correctly because uh, it's, it's just the right thing to do. And it, it really goes back to that ethics thing of doing things the right way, just like you want to treat your customers the right way too. You don't want to be taking advantage of them. And I think using someone else's work in your work is taking advantage of them. They, they expect this stuff to be coming from you, not you scouring the internet and finding free things to put in there. Uh, there's another post in here. I don't want to read the whole thing, but the gist of it, uh, they say, I would do my best to stop thinking about it. Um, they said they're doing research about creative health. It says negative thinking about things or people don't, uh, you don't control robs you of energy. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, I'm of the opinion that you really shouldn't hate anything because hating something or being mad about something really just is kind of a waste of time when you could be using that time or that energy to em empower yourself or make things better for yourself. So, you know, I guess my advice, my advice on this one would be if you think you're going to be involved in another business with this person, then don't, because obviously the things that they do bothers you. Or, you know, maybe it's a close friend or maybe it's somebody that you would want to work with. You got to be able to talk to that person and say, the stuff that you're doing is not right, at least in my mind. You know, it's some of it is illegal. Yes, some of it is not. But I'm just not comfortable with that. And if you're going to continue it, then we can't work together. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying something like that uh, if it's somebody that you're going to be going into business with because that's serious business. That's uh, you're putting your your reputation out there. You're putting probably some of, some of your money out there and definitely a lot of your time. So you want to make sure if you go into business with somebody that you can really trust that person and you know it's going to be a team effort and you guys are going to work together and get things done the, the way that you think that they should be done. So um, I think that's probably about enough on that topic. I definitely encourage anybody to uh, anybody that has opinion on that. Obviously, this is already there in the forum. So check it out. It's in the questions folder. And it should be near the top because it's been getting a couple of hits, but it's called, when are you a professional? Uh, for the key command today, I'm actually going to steal one that I used in app clinic this week because it was pretty cool. And I actually was looking through some, uh, some emails that I had and found it in there. And I actually started, I, I got to use it for the first time yesterday. So it was kind of funny because I never knew it before. And what it is, it's to change the color mode that you're in and it works in illustrator it works in InDesign, and I'm pretty sure that it works in Photoshop too, because all those the the color, the color palette or the color panel is pretty much the same in all of those. So what you're going to do, um, you know, usually it'll be in like CMYK or RGB or grayscale. Maybe you're going to put the cursor on the little color bar, and that's the one that's at the bottom. It has all the just mix of rainbow of colors, and that's where you would just randomly pick colors out of there. Hold down Shift and click on that color bar and it'll cycle through. It'll go through uh, CMYK, RGB, and Lab, I believe. And it's just a quick way to change that. It, it, you know, If you want to make up a color that's CMYK and maybe you're in RGB color space in, in the document, you can change the color panel and be able to pick those out real quick. So that is our key command for today. And it's both uh, PC and Mac should be hold down Shift and click on that little color bar. All right, so the second topic that I wanted to cover, I said that I mentioned that I had a client meeting the other day, and you know I don't like to bring things out, and obviously I'm not going to say any names or anything, but I don't like to really kind of bag on people. 
But this meeting was, in my opinion, a very large waste of time. Now it's okay because I charge them for my time and you should always, always, if you're freelancing or what have you, you should always be charging for your time. Whether it's meeting with them uh, to go over something or meeting with them to discuss a plan, a plan of attack for a project, anytime you're, you spend with them, that is billable time. So make sure you do that because that's important. I think a lot of people maybe think, oh, you know, we're, we're just hanging out and, you know, maybe you go to a restaurant and you have a meal or you, you uh, have a couple of drinks or something like that. Um, this is your time. Time equals money here. So the time that you're doing that with them, you're not able to be at home or be in your office working on something else. So definitely bill for that time. Not really the, the thing that I was going for here, but the meeting just kind of, I don't know. I saw a lot of blank stares. I saw a lot of people kind of being like, um, so, uh, what do you, what do you think we should do? You know, people talking to each other and this is a small company. I think there's about, I don't know, maybe 10, maybe less people in the company. So, you know, obviously they don't have a clear vision. They don't have a marketing department. They don't, I don't even know if they have a marketing person. Actually, they probably don't because, they did have a marketing person that I worked with, and I don't think that that person is with them anymore. But you'll find this with these smaller companies. You're dealing with maybe the the president of the company or you know some of the higher-ups anyways. And they probably know what they want to do with their business plan. They probably you know have a grip on sales or something like that. But most times they're not going to know um, what we are trying to do here is build a website or redesign a website. So these people aren't going to know much about building a website. Um, they did have a person, I think it's kind of a friend of the company that was doing some mock-ups for them and, and those kind of things. But I'm not sure, you know, I don't know the qualifications of this person and I'm not going to say, you know, that they weren't qualified, but basically I got into this meeting and, and again, they were trying to redesign their site. Their site has been up for, I don't know, at least a few years, looking a little stale. They wanted to update it, give it a new look and also put you know, two different sections in it. There's going to be like a commercial section and a government section. So um, basically they need an open section, which would be commercial, which pretty much anybody can go into, but a lot of their clients are government. So they wanted a way to steer these people to this other site, which you actually have to have a username and password for, which brings up a lot of issues, of course, First of which is you got to register to do that. So people automatically have to fill out a whole form just to get even into the site and look at the products that these people are offering. That causes a big problem because if there's a site out there that doesn't make you do that, they're going to go to that one probably first because people don't like giving out their information, even just the email, especially, you know, addresses or phone numbers, because then people are going to start calling you. But even emails, people don't like giving it out because then you start getting spams and stuff like that. So First problem there, and I think that was really the problem they were really, really concentrating on. Uh, the mock-up that they did was just of a home page, and on top of that, it was the home page for the commercial site, which they in turn thought was going to be like a splash page, like a home page for both sites, which is really what they needed here. They needed a splash page with almost nothing on it, no navigation, just two big giant buttons or you know areas with links, which one would be commercial shoppers come here, government shoppers come here. And it splits them off into the two different directions in which you want them to go. So uh, we kind of worked that out and said, okay, this is pretty much what we need. 
We don't need this uh, busy homepage, which we had before, because that will be the homepage of either the commercial or the government site. The next thing was um, just kind of hashing through what kind of look and feel we're going to need for the thing. And I think that's really where most of your clients will have a good feel for what they want. Um, in this particular meeting, it didn't go that well. And again, some people just, you know, they don't know what they want. So you kind of got to work your way through it and kind of give them ideas. I found myself in this meeting and which is funny because I'm a very quiet person. I'm not somebody that just offers up opinions here and there, which might sound funny because I sit here and talk, you know, all the time into this microphone for you guys to hear. But, you know, I'm passionate about design. I like talking about it, obviously. And when I get in those situations and when you guys get in those situations, it's just something that you have to do. Uh, if it If it's something that comes naturally, hopefully it is. And again, this is what we do for a living. So hopefully you're able to just sit there and talk about this stuff, then more power to you if that's, if that's how it works for you. And that's really how it is because when people are just kind of looking at each other and then staring off at the wall and not saying anything, and then they, they look at the computer screen and they, they ask, you know, one of the other guys in the company, so what do you think? What do you think we need? I mean, this is, this is a complete waste of time. And there was a lot of that going on. So, you know, Every so often I just kind of interjected and said, Hey, you know, what about this? Or, you know, what if we took it in this direction or here's what I've seen on some other sites. This is what's popular right now. Let's maybe try something like this. So you really kind of have to steer the conversation to a point where maybe they can have some feedback about what's going on there. And that will really, uh, that will really help you guys kind of control the situation help them plan out a strategy for whatever it is they need to get done. Because again, that's part of our job. They have some kind of problem. Their problem is they need a new looking website with a couple of different features on it. Our job is to make sure that we can get to that endpoint and figuring out the way to get about getting to that endpoint. The thing that really threw me for a loop was the fact that there wasn't very much planning that went on prior to thinking, Hey, let's make a new website and Let's make some mock-ups to see what it would look like. And this is where I really kind of got confused, especially by the person that was doing mock-ups for them and wondering, uh, you know, I, I think this person has done web, web design before, not positive, but, you know, like I said, I don't know their qualifications or what kind of instruction they were given, if any. But, you know, it, it appeared to me to be in complete disarray because, you know, one of the things that I said is you're trying to build this site basically from the homepage down. You're trying to design a homepage and then worry about all the stuff later. And that's really, really not how you do. That's not how you make websites. For websites, you need a very sound plan. I asked him, did you make a site tree or a site map? Which is usually always the first thing that I need before I'm going to work on a website. At least a rough one. You don't have to know every single page. If it's a huge site and there's like 50, 100 pages, you don't need to know every little single page. You do need to know how many levels of pages you're going to have. It's a very important thing because all these pages are going to have different styles to them. If you go to any website, homepage is usually the only one that looks like it looks. Then you're going to have some high level pages off of that that look a certain way. And then pages off of those high level pages will be like the secondary ones. Those will look a certain way. And then the tertiary ones will look a certain way as well. And then so on and so forth. So a very important thing to know is how many levels you have. Uh, how many pages off of pages you have. 
because this helps you not only to define how many styles you're going to have, but also what kind of navigation you need. Do you need navigation that drops down? Do you need navigation that drops down and then, and then kind of folds over as well and gives you like three pages deep so you can dig right down to that third page? Do you need top navigation and side navigation? Probably a good idea if you have a few different levels to go down. So this, just making this one little list, which you could do in like Excel, or you could just write it on a piece of paper with a pencil, that's going to tell you a lot of stuff about your website and how you're going to have to go about making it. So I was kind of uh, very surprised to hear that they hadn't even done that. I mean, they hadn't even thought about what pages they want. You know, they have an existing site, so basically they could just copy the same thing that they have now, but they're trying to make this new and better, and they're adding a new section. So that wasn't going to work. It's, it occurred to me that they hadn't even sat down and thought about what pages they're going to need, much less write it down somewhere or put it in an Excel sheet. So I said, okay, they're trying to say, well, do you want to take over this government section and try and just knock that out? And I said, sure, that's fine, but I need first from you a site map or a graphical site tree. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. And probably most times if you're getting it from someone who's like a, you know, a president of the company or something, you can just say, give me, give me a site map in an Excel sheet, you know, write homepage and off of that, give me the next level of pages and off of those, the next level of pages. And then I can, you know, make that more graphical and I can figure out what we need to do. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about though. You really need to control the situation sometimes because you can't just jump into something and start doing it the wrong way because you're going to end up with a bad result if you start out doing things the way they're not supposed to be done. So you always need to, sometimes, you know, it could be frustrating for the client as well. Sometimes, you know, maybe they get ahead of themselves and you have to pull them back. You got to say, hey, we need to take a couple of steps back here because we're already going down the wrong path and we're going to end up with the wrong result if we do go down the wrong path. So we need to take these couple of steps back, start doing things the right way, and then, you know, you can tell them, you'll see we're going to catch up pretty quickly here because when you do things the wrong way, it takes you longer to do it that way as well. So sometimes you got to jump in there. Like I said, sometimes it might be painful, but sometimes you got to jump in there and say, Hey, this is not going the direction that I need it to go in. If you want me to be able to do my job successfully, then I need to do X, Y, and Z. And we have none of those right now. So we need to start doing this. So I said, give me that site map. And then I'll come back and I'll say, okay, now I, first of all, I have a better idea of how long this is going to take me. Secondly, you know, I know what, how many styles I'm going to need. I know what kind of navigation I might be needing. And now I've got the thing almost completely planned out before I even write anything down or jump on the computer or anything like that. And from the conversations we've had in the past, you should know that that's the best way to do it. That's the only way to do it. You've got to have that plan up front so that you know what you're doing, you know what you're getting into before you actually get into it. So anyways, I said, give me that site map and then we'll start talking about other things. But, you know, just, I think my main points here were, you know, make sure that you control the situation and to do that, you need to do things your way. Now it, you can't have the, my way or the highway kind of thinking with any client because they're not going to like that. But you can say things like, well, if we need to, if we want to get this done correctly and quickly as possible, then this is what I suggest as a plan of, plan of attack. And that's a good way to put it. And, uh, you know, you can always throw in money savings somewhere. 
you know, we can get this done faster and it's going to save you a little bit of money. That always appeals to everyone. So, I mean, there's ways that you can kind of, you know, make the situation kind of play out the way that you want it to. And you really need to do that sometimes, especially when you get with people like this that don't exactly know what they're doing or don't have the best idea of what they want. The other one is to steer the conversation, especially if there's not much conversation having being had rather. Um, then I think it's, it's imperative that you speak up and try and throw anything out there that you can, that might spark up, you know, different conversations or different ideas as to how, how to go about things. But, um, even if there is a little bit of conversation and you don't think it's going in the direction that it should, then you really need to speak up and try and steer that conversation in the way, in the direction that you think it should go. And uh, I think you'll be a lot more successful in your projects if you do so. Um, if you have a meeting that seems like a complete waste of time, don't just give up. You know, things can always be brought back to a point at which you can make them go the way that you need them to go. So don't give up. Always you know, interject in there as much as you can and try and drop a little knowledge maybe because you are the knowledgeable one in this area. Uh, like we said before, some clients aren't going to want to hear it. They think they know everything and, you know, you can't, you can't really tell them anything. If you get with somebody like that, well, maybe you're just going to have to deal with it. But if there's people that understand the fact that you're the professional there, you're the one that's supposed to be telling them how to do stuff, then those are the people that you want to be upfront with and say, hey, you know, if we do it this way, we can, but it's not going to be as efficient as if we do it this way. So just try and control the situation because you are the person that's supposed to be controlling it. All right, I'm going to go ahead and end the show here. I don't have, uh, didn't have time to, to prepare my last two segments, so I won't do that. Uh, I encourage all of you, uh, I know this isn't a bullpen entry, but I encourage everybody to go up to the forum and uh, post some comments. If you have some comments about maybe this second topic that we we're talking about, about meeting with people, meeting with clients, uh, I'm sure if there's free freelancers out there, which I know there is, you probably have some stories about some bad meetings. And those are always good to, to hear about, always fun to hear about, I think, but also good good things to learn from of how to really get yourself out of maybe a bad situation or to how to work through one. And uh, I definitely like to hear those stories. So uh, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And if you're not registered, please do so because it's a, uh, it's a great resource and there's a lot of cool people up there to talk to. Uh, I also encourage you go to go to the support page, which you will remember from when you filled out the form. There's uh, other, th other things up there that will help you help me out, which I would really appreciate. And, uh, things that are useful for you as well. Um, a couple of people actually gave me a PayPal donation. I really, really appreciate that. Um, I have that button on there, but I, I don't really sell it all that much because, you know, I figure if you're going to, if you're going to help me out, I want you to get something in return as well. So there at the bottom, there are some things that you can buy. They've been up there for a while, which I should probably change them pretty soon, but some useful things, if you're going to buy it anyways, please buy it through that. And then I'll get a little kickback. There is a button for this thing called CallWave, which I think is pretty cool. Um, what it does is it's a service for your cell phone. When somebody calls and leaves a message, it turns it into text and sends it to you in a text instead of you know you having to go and listen to the message. You can actually read it instead. It's completely free, and if you sign up, I get a little kickback for that. As well, I have some free resources up there for you. 
There are templates for business cards. It's like eight up on a sheet. There's a template for a trifold brochure layout. Um, I have my freelance design contract up there, which you can take a look at. Uh, I've said before, it's not like lawyer proof. Uh, no lawyer has looked at it before, but it's things that I think are pretty important. If you're going to be doing freelance, it's like the bare necessities that you should have on there to just kind of cover your ass in case of, uh, you know, clients trying to take advantage of you. There's also thumbnail sheets for uh, flyers and poster layouts for trifolds and folders, and also for video, video and animation storyboards. So those are just PDFs. If you want to just grab those and print them out, that way you don't have to actually make your own. I uh, thought those were pretty cool, but just check out some of the stuff we got up there on the website. I did, you know, update the website quite a while ago. It's probably already time to do so again, but, um, some good stuff up there for you guys. And, uh, so that's about it for this time. I just remind you guys, please tell anybody that you think might enjoy this show or might get something out of it. Please tell them about it. Um, if you have any topics you want to send in, I'm always welcoming those. And, uh, God knows it makes my life easier because I don't have to think them up by myself and just, Thank you guys for listening. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to contact me, you can do so via email, adam at rickydesigner.com. You can go to rickydesigner.com, excuse me. You can go to myspace.com slash rickydesigner and contact me that way. And hopefully it won't take me like two months to get back to you, which it has in the past. And I apologize for that. Uh, You can go to the forum, like I mentioned, rickydesigner.com slash forum, or you can Skype me. Uh, My username is titanstrides. And, um, that's about it. So thanks again, you guys for tuning in, for listening. I apologize for the, uh, lackluster effort for this episode, but at least we got some content out there and got to talk about some cool stuff. And hopefully we'll be back next time with the full blown show. And, uh, well, let me just remind you that everybody's a rookie before they're an all-star.